Really, really appreciate everybody taking the time. So for anyone who doesn't know, I'm Joe. Uh, I run the Independent Podcast Conference. Uh, this is going to be its sixth year in 2020. Uh, we're holding it in Swedesboro, New Jersey at a Holiday Inn. It's awesome. It's way cooler than it actually sounds not being in Philadelphia and at you know a Holiday Inn. But it's, it, it's a very cool location, as some of you who have been there can attest. I know Tom and Matthew... Uh, both can attest that it's a pretty cool location, and that's why we, uh, we're bringing it back there. Even though this past year, as Phoenix knows, we were in, and Ken knows, we were in Atlantic City at Ocean. Awesome venue, just very expensive. Well, these guys were there too, but uh, very expensive and just much further away from pretty much everybody um, to get down to Atlantic City. So it was cool. Uh, but we ultimately decided to bring it back to Sweetsboro. So September 24th to the 26th, 2020. IndiePodCon.com. Um, Black Friday starts now. Actually, it's supposed to start on Wednesday, but we're if you you log in uh, between now and December first, the morning like midnight of December first, uh, you can use twenty five percent off uh, code Black Friday to save twenty five percent off of your ticket. Uh, so if you haven't bought a ticket yet, I'd suggest you buy it because it will not be cheaper than that. Normally, we offer a ten percent discount if you listen to the podcast, which is. The Indie Pod podcast, which runs every Wednesday night, you should totally join us. It's uh, it's in our Facebook group, and if you haven't belonged, haven't joined our Facebook group yet, uh, IndiePodCon.com/group to uh, to get in on that. We have a uh, Facebook Live every single week, recording the podcast, answering podcast questions. Have great experts uh, like people like Matthew uh, who come and answer. So yeah, so come join us, IndiePodCon.com. Slash group, uh, join the Facebook group. It'll, it's a lot of fun. We, we ask daily questions and get a lot of conversation going uh, throughout. Uh, now, at this time, I would like to introduce uh, our speaker today. Uh, I've known him since the first MapCon in, way back in 2015 uh, when he spoke at, our, at a school gymnasium where we had it, uh, which was, which was uh, fun at the time. Uh, <laughs> He, I, actually, I don't know what you're, what are you speaking about today? Uh, I'm going to do the What's Hurting Your Podcast. What's Hurting Your Podcast. Uh, I don't know, have I, have I, I've heard this one, I think. If you were paying attention in Atlantic City. Oh, yes, I was. Okay, I thought I, it sounded familiar. Okay, anyway, everybody, uh, give it up for Matthew Passy. So, thanks again for coming out. Uh, based on the conversations that I've had with most of the folks here, most people have a podcast or are in the process of getting theirs going, so congratulations. Um, so what's hurting your, quick introduction, Matthew Passy. Uh, I go by The Podcast Consultant. I have a website, thepodcastconsultant.com. I help people launch, edit, produce, and publish podcasts. Uh, also help them promote, but um, I don't like to brag about that one because that's really tough to promote podcasts. Um, another thing I do is something called Audit My Podcast, and that is actually what sort of led to this presentation. Um, I help a lot of people launch their podcast, and so hopefully I can get them off on the right foot. But I started to get more clients who were bringing me podcasts that want help, and I'm looking at their show going, who hurt you? Who did this to your show? And so I've identified a few things that were common problems that I've seen with a lot of podcasts, and so I thought I'd share that with you. If you haven't launched yet, these are things to avoid. If you have a show now, you might be seeing some things that you're doing wrong. Uh, hopefully we can fix those going forward. Um, I've also got two podcasts that I host right now. One is called Cause Pods, podcasting for a cause. So 
If you or someone you know has a podcast that is purely cost-based, nonprofit, social justice, medical, you know, not, not promoting your business, but trying to make the world a better place, love to talk to you about it on Cause Pods. And then Podcast Me Anything is all about helping podcasters. Shocker. All right. <laughs> so what is hurting your podcast? And we're going to go through 10 different things that are typically hurting people's podcasts. And uh, depending on timing and how Joe wants to structure this, uh, we'll also take any questions. Um, so yeah, hang on to those. Uh, we'll come right back to them. So the first question, is your show available on all the correct po uh, podcasting platforms? Most notably, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, which is not Google Play. They are different. Keep that in mind. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Those are the five that I primarily focus on with most of my clients. If you check out uh, the most, this was earlier in the year, but uh, Rob Walsh at Libsyn always does a presentation about where most podcast consumption is happening. Uh, so that's that chart over here on the right. The big blue thing right there, that's Apple Podcasts. By the way, do not call it iTunes anymore, especially now with the new release of uh, the Mac OS iTunes is going away for a lot of folks. Also, if you want Apple to help you in any way with your podcast, they're not going to do so if you call it iTunes. you got to call it Apple Podcasts. It is now its own platform. And then as you get smaller, you see Spotify is the next big one. And since this chart, that piece of the pie has probably gotten even larger. Um, if you follow any of the good podcasting newsletters, you see that Spotify is overtaking Apple as the number one podcasting platforms in countries all around the world. Not here in the U.S. just yet, but everywhere else in the world, like in a lot of places around the world, Spotify is a bigger listening platform than Apple. So very important to be on there as well. And then you've got a whole bunch of other smaller ones. A lot of those smaller ones are going to basically just steal the content from Apple anyway. So be on Apple, you're in, you know, you're in good hands. Um, Stitcher, TuneIn, good place to be. And Google, they still haven't made a huge inroad yet, but it's coming. Right, Google has dominated a lot of different industries, so can't hurt to have your podcast up on Google. The other question is, when people come to your website for your podcast, are you making it easy for them to subscribe? So the question is, are there clear subscribe buttons or links on your main podcast page or within the episode pages of your website that take you to Apple, Google, and Spotify primarily? You can include links to as many platforms as you want. The idea here being, though, honestly, is that people who are coming to your website, who we are talking about, probably aren't as familiar with podcasts, right? You know, maybe they Googled, I don't know, Carson Wentz, and they came upon an interview that you did on your Philadelphia Eagles podcast that featured Carson Wentz. And so they get to this website and they go, oh, cool, an article about Carson Wentz. Oh, there's a podcast. I'll listen to that. I like it. How do I subscribe? And you want to make it easy. So big, clear subscribe buttons. This, by the way, is the Blueberry podcast platform. So on their episode page, they've got links right there that spell it out. And then they offer like a sidebar widget that have nice, big, beautiful buttons to make it easy. Um, what you don't want to do is you don't want to create choice overload for people, right? Somebody coming onto your podcast page and they're like, I want to subscribe to this. Which one do I, what is Overcast? What's a, what's a podcast addict, right? So keep it easy. A lot of people have an iPhone. Everybody else has a Google phone. And a lot of people listen to music on Spotify. So those three will get people who are not as familiar with podcasts easily subscribe to your show. If they use one of the other platforms, 
they're probably a little bit more advanced and they can be like, oh yeah, pff, I know how to find your show on Overcast, no problem. All right, do your episode titles include important keywords for your niche? Are you wasting characters? So when you go into most podcasting platforms, what do you see? Episode titles. One thing to know about episode titles, especially in the Apple Podcasting Store, they are searchable. Your description, eh, it's not. Right now, I mean, I know there's this voice search feature that's popping up when you go into the podcast app, but primarily when people search the Apple Podcast Store, they are looking at your show title, your artist field, and your episode title. So if your show title is, you know, the keywords of your niche, great. If your artist field is a brand or something that's familiar to people in that niche, also great. Otherwise, get them in your episode titles. That's how people are going to find you. If you do a show about SEO, make sure the word SEO appears in as many episode titles as is applicable because that's how we're going to find you. You probably don't have the show SEO cast because everybody wants that show. You probably have something cute and clever, so keywords are going to be important in your episode titles. The other thing is, too, is this is a screenshot of iTunes. Yes, actual iTunes, not Apple Podcasts. But this is a screenshot of actual iTunes. And this person has episode 72, episode 71 written out. That's a huge waste of characters, especially since you could see on this one, episode 62, top five Christmas, right? Like you've lost the word Christmas, which is probably the one that's actually going to drive people to that particular episode. Also, no one in the history of podcast consumption has ever gone into the Apple store and said, I really like episode 17s. Show me some episode 17s, right? Nobody is searching for that. Don't waste time including in your title. One, there's ways to tag your episodes, especially in Apple, that it's the 17th episode if you want. Two, if you really want to throw the number in there, put it on the back of the title. Nobody's really searching for that aspect of your title. Does your artwork feature the name of the show as the main focus in a font that is clear and concise? This picture is not just some arbitrary picture that I put up there. This is someone's show logo. Who is this? <laughs> Who is this and what is this show about? I have no idea. That's right, like, it's an adorable picture. But this could be about any podcast in the world. And why is his father in the picture? Exactly, right? Like, we have no idea what's going on in this. Like, great, use that picture, but put the words of your show up there on your logo. When you are searching through the store, you are seeing logos and you are seeing titles, and your logos need to make it really clear what the show is. It's also going to be a big part of your marketing out there, so you want to create that affiliation to it. You want to think about colors and fonts, and this doesn't do anything. Now, it's one thing if you're Shaquille O'Neal and you want to throw your face up on your podcast logo. Most people will recognize Shaquille O'Neal. I still don't know who this person is, but this is an actual show logo from the Apple Podcasting Store. It's not helping anybody. So make sure that the majority of your logo is the name of your show. Big, bold, clear, and concise. Because most people, we're looking at it on our mobile devices, and so this big 1400 by 1400 image gets shrunk down to this little bitty screen. And so you want to make sure that even at this little bitty screen, I can read the title of your show. Most of the other stuff that you put on there, a lot of that other subtitles, although we can't see them. So don't get too hung up on that stuff. 
Are you using an external microphone for your show to ensure quality sound? I'm not going to say that you can't be successful without $1,000 podcast equipment or that you have to be using, you know, ribbon microphones and a soundproof studio and sound like NPR. And yeah, there's going to be a couple of shows out there where the person's literally talking into the microphone in their laptop and they're getting away with it. But for most of us, Unless our content is so good, so unique, so valuable, and there is no other place in the world to get it, if I can't stand the quality of your show, I'm not sticking around. And I'm going to make a decision about your show pretty quickly. You've got about 30 seconds to maybe two minutes to get people to stay with your podcast. And so if I come onto your show, if I'm listening to your show, and it sounds like you're broadcasting in your basement, you're talking into a laptop mic, and you know, I'm hearing a washer or dryer in the background, all these different things going on. It's gonna be a distraction. I'm not gonna stick around long enough. And it doesn't take a ton of money to make your show sound decent enough to pass muster, right? I personally, I love the ATR2100 and the Samsung Q2U. They're about 60 to $80, depending on when you catch them and in what store. They are dynamic microphones, which means they're probably going to reject a lot more background noise than condenser microphones and blue Yetis. They've got both USB and XLR inputs, which means with the USB, you can connect right to your computer and you're ready to go. As you graduate and as your show gets bigger and you want to do more things, you've got that XLR output so you can start to do more stuff with it. And it's got a built-in headphone jack, which means you can easily buy $2 earbuds at the gas station and not have to have your guests coming through the speakers of your laptop back into your microphone or some other nonsense like that. It's a small investment. It will have much bigger impact, right? Like once you go from spending, you're not going to see a much big of a difference as far as people coming to your show going from $60 to $300 to $400 in terms of microphone quality. And honestly, unless you're spending tens of thousands of dollars, you probably still won't see another huge difference beyond that. So don't get too hung up when you're starting out about having all of this equipment and spending all this money on it, but spend just a little something something just so that you can get past that initial reaction of the person listening going, Ugh, right? Like that's, you just want to avoid that. What was the Samsung one? The Q2U. It's Samsung, S-A-M-S-O-N, Q2U. The ATR2100. They're pretty much, the, they're almost like identical microphones. Um, the Samsung tends to be a little bit cheaper. It actually comes with a better tripod. So, ATR2100. Uh, Audio-Technica. Uh, the Audio-Technica comes with this little itty-bitty tripod that, if you put it on your desk, is probably too far away from your mouth to use it. The Samsung, you can extend a little bit more. If you spend $13, you get a decent stand. You know, you want that microphone right about here when you're talking. So I've seen other people, though, they get the ATR, they stack a bunch of books, and they put the mic where it needs to be. But um, that's, that's honestly the big difference between those two. Also, around the holidays, the ATR tends to sell out a lot because it's a really popular suggestion. Uh, and also, Prime Day's coming up, right? Holidays, Black Friday, all that stuff. These mics are going to go on sale. So if you don't have one, if you need one, if you have a friend who's starting a podcast, like, you know, point him in that direction. Do you make your audience wait too long before they hear your voice, before you start discussing the episode topic? We just talked about, after about 30 seconds to two minutes, people are going to make a decision about your show. 
whether or not they're coming to you for the, the first time ever or even if they've listened to a few episodes, are they going to continue listening? And so what I would say to you is don't waste people's time. Podcasts are free. Yes, we're giving this stuff away. Everybody should be glad that we have a podcast that they can listen to. But we are asking them to invest their time. So don't waste it. Don't play 30 seconds of music before the first voice comes in and even welcomes you to the show. Don't sit there and babble on about your cats for 10 minutes if you're doing a podcast about SEO. Right? It's one thing if you are a big-name personality or you've been doing the show for years and you've built up this community with your audience, but if you're just getting started, if you're just coming out of the gate, no offense, no one's coming to hear about your cats. Right? They've chosen your show because you are offering a very specific value. Deliver that value. So you know, within 30 seconds to a minute, tell me what this show is going to be about, what kind of value I can expect from it, who my guest is going to be, something. Get me hooked and then get started. Don't waste my time. If you waste my time, I'll find another show that isn't going to waste my time talking about that topic. Do you make clear the value that listeners will get from listening to your podcast in the description to your show, in the intro, um, and on social media? Right? Like, I have seen lots of descriptions for podcasts that are just like the best SEO show around. Okay, if you say so. But why is it the best SEO show around? Right, like the reason why I'm going to listen to your podcast, the reason why I'm going to invest your t- my time, I'm going to invest my energy, I'm going to fiddle with my car to get it coming through the Bluetooth speaker. Like you can't trip over and listen to a podcast. People have to do a little bit of work in order to listen. So let them know what value they are going to get. So somewhere in your description, in your intro episode, or in the intro to your episode, very concisely and very quickly state the name of your show, why, what value you are going to deliver. In other words, what are you as the audience going to get from listening to this podcast or this episode specifically? And also, why are you such a credible person to deliver it? It's that simple. You don't necessarily have to do that every episode intro. I mean, it would be good if you're, you know, We're talking about SEO and local, right? So today we're going to show you how you can grow your reach in your local market. That is a value message, right? That is now telling the person on the other end, ah, that's exactly what I'm trying to get out of my SEO. This is exactly the kind of information I need. This is what I'm going to listen to, right? You are offering a value proposition. Offer that up. Let people know why they should continue listening and and do that everywhere, right? It's not just, this is the other place that happens all the time. People on social media, right? We just released a new episode. We're super excited about it. And what do we do? We go on social media and we say, I have a new episode. Who cares? Everybody has a new episode. Everybody puts out a new episode all the time. Nobody cares that you have a new episode. It's one thing, again, if you've already grown your show to millions of listeners and those people are rabid fans, and then, yeah, they want to know that you have a new episode. But I'm assuming that most of us are here or we're going to various events because we don't have those millions of listeners. We are trying to grow our audience. So how do you grow your audience? You don't tell them you have a new episode. You tell them why. You tell them what value you are about to offer them. 
right? When we talk about social media, I always compare it to walking down the street, right? Think of Twitter as if you were walking down the street. You're walking down the street, and if you're walking down the street and you're just yelling, I have a new podcast, check me out, check me out, everyone's going to look at you like a crazy person. But if instead, if you take a moment and you say to someone, hey, I understand that you need help with local SEO search. I have just spoken to the foremost expert on that in our area. Would you like to hear about that conversation? Now people's ears start perking up. The other thing to think about when you're doing your social media, your marketing for your podcast is, it's sort of an outdated example, but I'm going to give it anyway, is the 11 o'clock news, right? I don't know if people still watch broadcast TV, but you know, if you are used to watching live broadcast TV, at 8 o'clock at night, you start sitting down for primetime television, and the local affiliate has a tease for their news, right? Here in the Philadelphia market, ABC6, right? They come on. They don't say, we've got a new episode of the news at 11 o'clock. Come check us out. We know. It's always at 11 o'clock. Like that's, we know it's going to be there. What they do is they say something like, is your water killing you? Find out at 11. The latest changes to SEPT affairs. Find out what that means for you, right? They're not just asking you to listen. They are giving you a reason why you have to listen, why you can't not listen to what they're about to tell you. It is information that you need. It is information that you want. So think about your teases, your marketing, your social media in that respect. Don't tell me why you as the podcaster want me to listen to you. Tell me as the listener why you were about to give me value. And that will make a huge difference. And I apologize, I think I just tapped the mic a couple of times while I was doing that, so you might pick that up on the recording. Uh, you know what, and I guess I combined all that into the next slide, which is all about social media. The other thing about social media that's also really important is you put out a new episode, right? Let's say today's Sunday, we put out a new episode, and we talk about that new episode today and tomorrow. And then next Sunday, we put out another new episode, and we stop talking about last week's. Well, going back to that SEO example, that SEO information is still useful a week later, a month later, often a year later, sometimes many years later. You'll find if you talk to the podcast hosting platforms and a lot of people that control them, a lot of people's downloads don't always come from new episodes. They come from people going back into the archives, which means you have this treasure trove of content that you should be continuously promoting. So you've got a new episode on Sunday, great. Tell me about the new episode on Sunday. Tell me about it again on Monday. On Tuesday, remind me of an older episode that maybe relates. On Wednesday, maybe something happens in the news. Go back three months into one of your episodes and say, oh, by the way, we just saw in the news that Google's changing the algorithm again. Here's what it looked like the last time we spoke to an expert back in February about that stuff. Always be promoting your archive. Because the person who is looking for information on SEO may not be interested in local today, but they may discover one of your past episodes that you're no longer promoting was useful to them. And so now you've got them hooked on that, and now they're thinking, wow, this person was good about this content. I wonder what else is going on in the archive. And so they'll start to listen, subscribe, check out the old stuff, and eventually get caught up. And this is how you really build your audience. So don't give up on your old content just because it's been a week old. Now, look, if you're doing a daily news podcast and you're, you know, the story is the Dow is up 200 points today, yeah, don't promote that one three weeks from now. That's not going to do anybody any good. But you know, if your content is evergreen enough and generic enough and is going to work, continue to promote it. It's always good content for you. 
with each of your episodes, are you creating a blog for it, essentially? Are you creating a landing point for your content? Right? All the platforms, or I should say most of the podcast platforms are really good about saying you can upload your episodes, we create your RSS feeds. In fact, we'll even create a website for you. All right, cool. Those websites are usually not all that special. Also, why am I throwing my traffic back to them? Right? Most of us are using a podcast because we are building our own brand. We are accelerating our own brand. We have other things that we are doing on top of the podcast. And so control that narrative, control that traffic. Get people to your website. So every time you post a new episode, create a new entry on your blog that shows the title of the episode, has embedded audio player from whatever hosting company you're using, has those subscribe links that we talked about earlier, and then has really rich descriptions with good SEO practices going on in there. Things like minimum number of text. I think at least 300 words is a good starting point for good SEO. Think about using uh, headlines, not just the, the one title at the top of the page, but think about breaking up your content with H2 and H3 tags. Use some images in there. And when you upload those images, make sure you are using good metadata on those. Don't just upload file KL539785, call it what it is. This is Matthew's presentation on podcasting at the Philadelphia Podcast Meetup. Why? Because now all of those words just became searchable. On CausePods, whenever I upload one of my guests' episodes, I upload a, the logo to their show. And I say, the name of the person's show, podcast logo. Wouldn't you know when you search for so, those people's shows and you do an image search, my site tends to come up more often than theirs because I'm using the words that make sense for that search. So make sure you're using properly tagged images as well. Uh, you know, a good bullet list is nice. Google likes that. I'm not sure why, but they do. And links. Links are so important. I mean, it's more important to get people to link back to you, obviously, but we can't always control that. But it's also good to link out to other sources, to make those connections on the internet, to say, I interviewed so-and-so of this podcast, throw a link to that podcast. Because now you're creating these associations, you're creating these relationships, you're showing Google that you have deep, rich, informative content. And so you know, make sure you're doing all that stuff. The other reason that you want to do this is because when you go to post your episodes on social media, right? you just put out a new episode. Here's my link to the episode on Apple Podcasts. Well, what if you just came across that on an Android phone? You've basically just said to that Android user, I guess you don't want my business. That's what you've told them, right? Same thing if you do it the other way around. If you put, it on, if you put out a link to Overcast, well, I don't have Overcast or I don't have an iPhone. I can't use that. But if you drive people to the episode pages on your website, one, you've got the audio player right there. So if they want to listen, they can play right away. Boom, that's a download. Two, if they like it, you've already provided all those subscribe links that we talked about earlier so they can find the platform that they want to use quickly and easily in one click. You reduce the friction from turning someone into a, a first-time consumer to a subscriber and follower is getting notifications about your new episodes. The other thing, too, is if they're on your website, you can do your email list pop-up on that page, 
right? You can have your social media icons up at the top or at the bottom or on the sidebar. The other thing too is they're like, wow, this is kind of cool. You know what they're gonna do to learn more? They're probably gonna click on the logo on your website in the upper corner, right? Isn't that what you do when you go to a website and you're like, how do I get back to the homepage? You click on the, upper, the icon in the upper left corner. Uh, you click on that icon up there and you go back to the person's homepage. Well, if I'm on Libsyn or Blueberry or somebody else's platform, that's not your logo. So if you do it all on your website, you've got your wrapper, your colors, your fonts, your links, you control that traffic. So it's really important to take that extra step, take the extra time to build the blog where you're going to where you're going to share your podcast from. And this way you can do a lot more with that traffic than just earn the one click. And the most important thing of all is, are you having fun creating this content? If you, have, if you are doing this for any other reason other than pure enjoyment, you're probably not going to do that great of a job. Right? Like, the best podcasters out there will, would put on their shows even if they only had one listener, right? And if, you, and if you do it with that kind of passion, it's gonna come across on the microphone. You're gonna smile while you're recording. You're gonna be excited about the content. You're gonna do that interview with so much passion and curiosity, and you're gonna be asking great questions and wanting to learn more and really getting down into those details and, and getting information that is gonna be useful to the other people like you who are passionate about this topic. If you don't want to be there, I'm going to hear it in your voice. I'm not going to want to be there. So if you're no longer having fun doing this content, if you're no longer curious about it, if you're no longer interested in it, it's okay to stop. Maybe that means you take on a new podcast. Maybe that means you shift to something else. But if you are enjoying it, if you are smiling, if you are excited for podcast day, like, yes, everyone's out of the house. I can't wait to go record my podcast. It's not going to happen overnight, but that is what's going to eventually lead to a good show. So make sure you're enjoying it while you're doing it. Make sure you're having fun while you're doing it. Make sure you remain naturally curious, naturally passionate, you know, and just go out there and do it as if you, did, you only had an audience of one. Because that's really what's going to make the difference in whether people enjoy it. So it's not a huge crowd, so there probably won't be too many, but... Any questions based on what is said there, or you know, maybe this made you think of something else that I didn't cover? Um, so if you are interviewing someone who is not physically at your location, how do you ensure that their sound quality is um, up to par? Oof, that's a great question. And let me tell you, I have a whole presentation on just that. <laughs> I can do 40 minutes on that topic. I won't do 40 minutes on that topic, but I'll give you the short answer. The short answer is you make sure that you're using a platform that, is, uh, that makes it easy for them to talk directly into a device. So, you know, a lot of people want to use Skype or Zoom or something like that. And when you talk to your guests, you say, hey, do you have a microphone? They say, I don't have a microphone. I'm not a podcaster. Okay, do you have earbuds you can plug into your computer? Mm, no, not really. Okay. Well, we don't want that person to sound like they're talking on a laptop speaker either. So what I usually coach my clients to do is one, we have sort of like a, a guideline for our guests. So create your own set of guidelines, put your own branding on there, put other information that's important to your show, right? Things like, you know, by the way, don't forget to email me your photograph or, you know, here's, a, here's my social media so we can connect on whatever, blah, blah, blah. But what I would tell people is I like Skype 
um, as the free option. Uh, with Skype, at the very least, if the person doesn't have a microphone, they can connect to their computer. Uh, tell them to download the app to their smartphone. Tell them to hold the phone up to their face like this. Believe it or not, the little microphone right here on these devices is pretty good these days. So as long as the connection is strong, as long as they're on reliable internet, cellular, Wi-Fi, it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, don't bother with the video because the video just sucks up resources, sucks up bandwidth. It's going to reduce the quality. Um, if, if possible, uh, both you and your guests, they're, they're, if you're going to do it on the computer, should be hardwired to your router, right? Anything wireless is susceptible to more interference than if something is actually hardwired. So um, I like my computer's hardwired, so if I do a Skype call with someone else who's hardwired, it can almost sound studio-esque. Um, if the person has done any sort of podcasting in the past, has a microphone, ask them to record their microphone for you. Because nothing interferes with the connection between a microphone and a device. So if you, if you, have, if you are that lucky and you got somebody with you know, that kind of know-how and knowledge, ask them, hey, would you mind just recording your mic for me? And you'll sync it up later. Uh, there's also platforms like Ringer, R-I-N-G-R, uh, and Squadcast that will do what's called automatic double-end recording. They'll essentially record that person's mic for you on their local device and record your mic. So even if the connection isn't great, again, their computer connection to their, device, their microphone is going to be pretty strong, so that's another way to get that done. Um, those typically have a subscription, but if you're doing a lot of interviews and most of those people don't have uh, equipment, that's a good way. And Ringer has a mobile app for both Android and iOS. Squadcast, which I definitely like better, uh, has an Android app. They're, they should have an iOS app out any day now. It was promised earlier in the year, so I'm hoping it's before 2020, but um, keep an eye on Squadcast. They do a really good job. Um, mention show notes. I do that. Through the show notes, I have the embedded player and all that. I, I was toying with the idea of doing the show transcript. Is, like, should I have a set? If I do that, would I have a set, like a tab at the top, a set link to show transcript and have a whole section for that? Or put it on that same page as the show notes? So, I, in an ideal world, I would love to have show notes on the same page, but I would love to keep them hidden until somebody clicks something to expand them, right? right? Because usually underneath a blog entry is some pretty good features, right? Like you can see the last episode, you can go to the next episode, yeah. you get the footer right there with your buttons and whatnot. If you've got a transcript for an hour long show, scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> so. Right, so I would, I would either, one, like on your main show notes page, put a link to a, like a PDF so that people can download them. And then if you can accordion them on the same page, great. If not, put them on another page somewhere on your site so that they're accessible, but right, they're not eating up all that space. Um, and I'm not really an SEO expert, so I can't talk to whether or not like how much of a difference that's going to make in your search, but... Um, it is still good to have like extra words on your page at all time. Hold on, I think you had a question. Wait, uh, can, I, can I? I just piggyback on that real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I use um, Collapse Omatic. 
So if you have a WordPress site, a that's WordPress a plugin. And then you can take your transcript <laughs> and put it in, and it'll be like a link with like a little like down, like down carrot. And then you click on that, and like bam, it just like shows up. So it's all on the page. Google sees it all, but it's not like taking up the whole page. Yeah, so that's. Uh, for WordPress, it's totally great. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to do it on Squarespace. I'm, I only, haven't gotten a good way to do it. I would caution against that is just like if Collapsomatic ever stops updating, <laughs> then you have like this like link. Your website is Collapsomatic. Well, it's, yeah. it'll, still show, it'll just start showing up on your site with like the little like brackets with like Collapse yeah. and then the title, which would be the link. So it's, it's a small price to pay to, be, to potentially have a ton more words in your... It, and there is some coding out there to do that without the plugin oh, yeah, necessarily, without, but you can do it without a plugin. I don't know how to do it without a plugin, but, but yeah. you know, so the Collapsomatic has been around for a number of years now, so it's a very simple thing. And honestly, by the way, transcripts are not just about SEO. Um, ADA, right? Like Americans with Disabilities yeah. Act. Like yeah. there are a lot of people who want to consume your content who can't, and so it is really useful to put that content out there. Again, even if you want to upload a PDF that says find the full transcript right here, great. Yeah. I, I tend to put a link to the PDF and the text, so this way people can choose if they want to download it, they can have it, you know, maybe they want to read it later, that's, that's up to them. Oh, no, I was just going to add that, that it, it is worth doing a transcript, as I understand, because Google has started indexing transcripts now for, for searches. Yeah, and so Google, yeah, so Google and Apple are actually going to start like searching the audio itself not st I'm still sort of wrapping my head around exactly how that's going to work. Um, but so if you have a transcript that is a little bit more accurate, it's going to help you a little bit with more keyword searches and things like that. Um, it, it is also an expense, so you know, pros and cons. There are ways to do it a little bit less expensive. You can use like a Descript or a um, Temi is one that will do like automatic transcription. Uh, Rev. Rev was one of them. Yeah, Descript and Temi. Oh, otter.ai is another one. So that's a, that's a cheaper, it won't be nearly as accurate as a human transcription, but it'll help you get, you know, most of that content out there. You can, you know, create a video and upload your podcast with that video to YouTube, and then there's services, like free services, to like scrape the, the closed captioning off. Now it won't be perfect, but. Yeah, and it takes a few days for that to show up. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing audiograms, by the way, definitely put the subtitles on there. Uh, the reason being is that most people, when they look at social media, they're not wearing headphones, they're not listening to what's going on. And so it's great to have a visualized audio player show up, but it's another thing for someone to look at and be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> so a little bit of text will be very, very useful. Sent me this gift, a twenty dollars gift, and I'm using it for my podcast editing. 
Right. So that's like a comment, like it costs, it's an investment to your podcast. And my question was on outros. Yeah. And so I didn't thought about this much. So Vincent actually told me this today. He's like, I want to listen to your show. And I guess because like Stitcher and, and they do autoplay from one show to the next. I'm just learning this stuff. And so my outro is, it's not long. It's not like 30 seconds, but it's like 10, 12 seconds. And he's like, if I could listen to the full outro and then the eight second intro for the next one, that's like 20 seconds. I'm waiting for content. What's your view on the outro? Should it be super short? And should, should, should you be asking for people to subscribe and all that? Or just like make it quick and get out? You know, I'm it's, it's a good place to get a lot of that business stuff in there. Yeah. Right? But to your point, if I'm a regular listener of your show, once I hear the outro, I'm gone, right? Like, unless I'm driving and I don't really have, a, like, the opportunity to change it. Like, so I listen to a lot of daily news podcasts. And the one thing I'll give them credit for, so the Daily and Start here both do this really well. Monday through Thursday, they wrap up the show. They give a quick, hey, thanks for listening. You know, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all that nonsense. We'll see you tomorrow on our show. On Friday, they kick up their credits, right? On Friday, they go through, they take, like, a minute and a half, and they're like, this is produced by so-and-so, so-and-so, helped with blah, 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 this, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you every Friday, I always, you know, cut the show out a little early. It's good to put that kind of language in there. It's probably not going to move the needle too much. Um, so find your important call to actions. Put them up in the front of your show, right? Welcome to the name of the show, the show that does X. Learn more and subscribe today at yoururl.com. Today on the show, boom. And if you want, rotate your call to action each yeah. week, right? Like, if you ask for a rating and review each week, okay. One, a lot of people aren't going to do it. But more importantly, you asked me for that last week. What if I did it? Now what? <laughs> you want another one? I can't give you another one. I'm not going to give you another one. Forget about it. So rotate it around, right? Sign up for the newsletter. Tell a friend. Like us on Facebook, right? Think about different CTAs that are important to you and rotate them around. If you've got a stock intro, create three stock intros and rotate those around. Every six months or so, update those a little bit. Um, keep it fresh. Yeah, it's good to put that stuff on the end. I venture to say most people are gone. Yeah, my sister and I were just talking about that Well, and if you're doing a very technical show, right, or you're doing a show that, you know, you reference a chart, let's say, right, like in that show, make it clear. Oh, you know, we know we're talking about this chart. There's a link to that chart in the show notes, right? And so put that not only on your website, but yeah, put it in your Apple show notes as well. Put it in your Google show notes as well. Because, right, once I'm a subscriber to your show, I'm not really going back to your website all that often, right? I'm getting it on my phone. Every day I, it pops up, it's already there. But it's convenient that it has it right there. I can link to it from my from my phone, from my player. I could save that link, I could do whatever. Um, 
or email out, you know, if you get people to subscribe to your email, email out those latest links, that latest chart, those show notes. The other thing, by the way, a lot of people don't do well enough, I think, with show notes. Um, I've got one client who's doing this pretty well right now is they're putting their phone number in there, right? Like, hey, we offer, you know, we're talking about financial services. We offer financial services. If you're hearing that, give us a call. Well, most people listen to podcasts on their phone. If you put a phone number in there, phones are going to look at it and be like, that's a phone number. Just tap that. You can call the person. You've, you, you've reduced that friction. You've made it easy to create that connection. So if, that's, if that is part of your thing, make it easy. Most people are afraid to do that because they're afraid they're going to get a volume no. call that they can't handle. But in reality, very, very few people are going to actually take, take that call to action. And the people yeah. who are are going to be the ones that you really want to talk to. Well, yeah, I mean, look, if you're doing, if you're doing like the Tom Tate hour, you know, don't give out the home line, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want people calling. But if you're doing the... And you can get a Google Voice. You can get a Google Voice. But if you're doing the Meet Edgar social media marketing show and you want people to potentially sign up for Meet Edgar, yeah. put Meet Edgar's email. Put Meet Edgar's phone number right in the show notes. Because now if I'm hearing this and I'm going, man, Tom really made a good point about that. I need to contact them. Well, now they don't have to go search for you. They don't have to go do this. Like, it's right there. That's a great idea. Joe is nice enough. He will forward the calls to you. you know. He'll actually, he'll take really good message. He'll take really good notes. He'll enter everything into your CMS for you, or to your CRM. He'll, he'll write out the thank you card and put it in the mail for you. He's very good like that. Um, all right. That's all I've got. Um, Joe, you want to come back and take over? Yeah. By the way, can I share just a testimony for you, Matthew? No. <laughs> no, I can't help. I heard this at MacCon in IndyCon in Atlantic City. I was two weeks before launching my show, and there's probably six or eight things that just reminded me of that I immediately implemented in my new show, and it helped me a ton. Excellent. I had the artwork and Canva was one, and the not doing the episode things. The titles, right? Yeah, I, I didn't do that, and also the metadata. So just like little things I hadn't thought of. It's the little things that are going to make the biggest difference. But I got that from your presentation in Atlantic City, so thank you. Oh, thank you. Your check's in the mail. Yes. <laughs> Affiliate link is in the mail. Because Joe's house. The check does come from Joe's account. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Give it for Matthew Pastor. <laughs>